You are listening to True Crime Twins, a true crime podcast hosted by Chloe and Melina Cantor. True Crime Twins is produced by Crawlspace Media. Brianna Maitland disappeared at age 17 in Montgomery, Vermont on March 19, 2004. Brie had just finished her shift at the Black Lantern Inn and punched out at 11.20 and was witnessed leaving alone. Not long after, her vehicle was found backed into an abandoned farmhouse called the Dutchburn Place just a little over a mile down the road. Some personal belongings of Brie's were strewed about the ground, two car doors were left open, and headlights were left on. There has been no sign of Brie since, despite many tips and rumors. Last time on episode two, I interviewed Brianna Maitland's friend, Katie Manning, who was a classmate of hers at Enosburg Falls High School in Enosburg, Vermont. Brianna was a transfer student there, previously attending Mrs. Qua High School, which was in Swanton when she was living with her family in Franklin. She had a different circle of friends at that school, including Kira Trombley, who I had the pleasure of speaking with for our episode today. Kira gives some interesting insight onto who Brianna was and what the circumstances were of her life before her disappearance. She also gives some insight on the aftermath. So I am Kira Trombley, and I um, I met Bree on the bus um, when I, let's see, it would have been, I think, 99 or 2000. And I lived in Berkshire. She lived in Franklin. Um, I transferred schools from Richford to MVU, um, which was in Swan. Um, and she already went to Swanton um, School. And so she traveled or rolled the bus from Franklin to Swanton. And I um, would get dropped off at the store uh, down the road from her house. Um, and that's where I needed to get on the bus. Um, to get to school and so we had like it, it felt like, I'm pretty sure it was like an hour and a half bus ride um both ways so it was pretty wretched but um at least it was me and Bree and um our friend Sandy and so that's how I met her and she I had a leather jacket on I think and she commented on my jacket and we were just best folks from there on. 99 or 2000 do you think you guys were 12? Um, she's younger than me. I was 15, I think. Does that make sense? I'm 35 now, so. So you were two years older than her? Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. So you two become friends and are going to the same high school, I guess at the time was it, no, it's high school at that time, because she was probably a freshman. Yeah, Yeah, I was in 10th grade, so I think she was a freshman. And how long was she at that school with you? She must have been there for at least a year and a half, maybe, I think. And it, and it's hard for me to swallow because um, I introduced her uh, to people in um, like Berkshire and Richford. And, um, and she met some people from Enosburg, too, and... Um, I guess maybe one of her other connections was Katie, who lived in or went to school in Enosburg. Um, 
And so she met people from that area through her too. But I, it's hard for me to swallow the fact that I somewhat was her gateway to people in that area. Did she later become closer to those people than you ever were? Is that kind of how it happened? Um, I think she, I was kind of always close to those people, but I, I didn't absorb myself in their, like, social time. I held down, like, two jobs, and I was on a dance team, and I was in high school, and I took the LNA course at the end of my senior year. I was, I was really busy, you know? So, yeah, I think she partook in more of the social stuff than, than I did. I luckily, like, had straightened out, um, and I, I think she started to, you know, get in with the wrong crowd as I was, like, straightening out. And, yeah, so I guess she would have started going to Enosburg, which I don't think I knew that. I don't I don't think I knew that she had done that at the time. We were super close, like, maybe that, that first year or two, and then we started to kind of go our separate ways a little bit, I guess. Do you attribute that to you sort of cleaning up and it was kind of like you were in different phases of your life? Yeah. Yeah, I think that, um, oh gosh, she must have been, yeah, I feel like she was, she was at MBU for part of my senior year. Now it's coming to me because at the time I had started dating James Robitelli and he wasn't in school and I, I, talked him into going to school with me and we got him into MBU and he would ride the bus from my house with me. And then, and then I think right around that time is maybe when James and I had broke up and I think James like had went after Bree. Cause I, I remember being mad that it was like one of my friends. And so I feel like she kind of, another again, kind of another gateway that, so that was their relationship began shortly after yours ended or was it was it time proximity or just the fact you know that it was your friend that made you upset I think it was I think it was shortly after and I hope I'm giving you straight information because it was so long ago and I hadn't some of these things I I just really haven't thought about so when I pull them up it's uh but yeah I think it was uh my it must have been the first half of my senior year James didn't go to school for very long there. It, it was literally like just maybe two months or something. And then I had started dating um, my ex, Matt, like at the end of my senior year. So I think that I had, that's probably when I started to crack down. My school bus scene was only in one town. So, you know, in such, uh, in such a you know, sparse landscape and going across all these towns across the county, it must have been really, really long rides and therefore a lot of time spent together. And that was, you know, you, you said Bree, Sandy, and sometimes, or at least during a certain portion, James. What did you guys usually talk about? Because that's kind of like bonding time, you know? Yeah, and there was actually um, Naomi um, was another girl that <clears throat> was on the bus. And so, you know, majority of the time it was, it was Naomi and Sandy and Bree. I mean, I feel like we were all just like kind of little hellions and <laughs> we just were, we were just girls out ready to do what we were going to do. Um, fighting boys. I mean, we're all pretty sparky girls. That's like one of the things I loved about Bree is that she was, she was nasty, 115 pounds. Like, <laughs> um, girl had some fight in her, had some fight in her. 
yeah, it's hard. I makeup and clothes and you know all those things. She talks about she talks a lot about like her parents being strict and um, you know she t- she did talk about like taekwondo and I can't remember she did like multiple different things um, for self defense and she talks about that stuff a lot. Yeah, I wish I remembered more. I I try to I try to. I mean that was a, that was a good amount of you know of stories and, and memories. I I'm curious when you said you know she had she has fight in her. Were people messing with her on the bus? I mean I I encountered bus bullies for sure. Um, no, she probably would have took them out. Um, she uh, she she so she did um, and her parents would know exactly what she did. But I know she did like taekwondo jiu-jitsu one of the self-defense uh things that you handled knives like she could flip knives around and do all this fancy stuff um she had a she had a nasty kick on her so <laughs> her and i were so similar to the fact that like we could be really girly and dress up and and be all pretty but behind closed doors like we can throw down you know we can hang with the boys or whatever um we were both quite tomboyish and um that her and I were very similar on that you know we would always talk about her um you know doing all of that stuff and she was at one of my parents friends house with me one time and um my mom's friend is uh he was like a he's won um arm wrestling tournaments like for years like he you know he um and yeah I want to see he's like come on you know and he's like kick me go ahead please like you know just asking for her to do it and so she's like okay (laughs) so she kicked him (laughs) and like she did some I don't know I can't remember if it was like a spin kick and kicked him square in the chest and like launched him across the room and he's this big dude like (laughs) and everybody was just like so amazed that she was so tiny and she she just sent him so yeah, she she had some fire in her for sure. It's nice to hear examples of things that you kind of saw her do, like like the knife tricks and stuff. It's a, a good visual of her talents. Uh, we had talked a couple of years ago off camera, and you had said that the last time you had seen her was your birthday. Uh, what year was that? I think that was um, 2003. So it would have been um, July 2003. Can you tell me about that? I remember being like kind of mad at her because showing up at my house a few times and and had been like drinking and just was just, you know, I don't know, loud and just like unaware of, you know, social, you know, like what was going on, I guess. And so I was like, I had been irritated about it. And so, you know, we really hadn't talked much. And then I don't know if it may have been months that went by and she showed up on my birthday with a candle and, um, and it was green and it was a gel candle and I had it forever and I don't know where it is now. I don't, I, I don't really remember um, what we talked about, except for maybe that she had her 
grandfather's car, I think. Maybe that was something that we talked about. And I think she might have, you know, mentioned, like, some of the people that she had been hanging out with. And, and I, I feel like I was, uh, you know, a little bit disapproving or, or worried about her. Um, but I don't, I don't remember who or... It was it was a quick visit. I think I was like I'm maybe headed to work or something. So you said that you you can't remember now who it was that you didn't approve of. I guess just looking back in hindsight, can you think now like who you weren't pleased that she was hanging around with? Um, yeah, I mean now that I like know some of the people that she was coming in contact with. Um, it could have been a number of any of those people that I would have not um, been, you know, I, I would not approve of. But I just, I can't really pinpoint her, you know, saying anything specific. Had she mentioned any of the, the people that I, you know, know have had come in contact with her, I definitely would have, like, you know, gave her an eye roll and been like, free, you don't want, you don't want to hang out with these people, you know. How did she respond to to something like that? Because I wouldn't call it criticism, just, you know, concern. How would she react to that? She probably did or would have just kind of blown it off, maybe, because I used to, I used to like, pick on her slash, you know, kind of give her shit about uh, being naive. She was just so nice. And, you know, I think she was a little bit sheltered in Franklin and then, you know, maybe went buck wild like every teenager does around here. But I wasn't sheltered. And so I had those, like, healthy fears, I guess. And she, and she didn't. I was dating um, Israel Kluh at one point during our friendship, like, when we were close. Actually, that was before I dated James. Um, and he, she, she ended up meeting Israel, ended up meeting his friend um who goes by beetle and he's a super nice guy um and so they were both drove dirt, dirt bikes and so we ended up going with them to massachusetts or new york i can't remember which uh to a professional um dirt bike race which was fantastic i just remember brie being there and i'm like stay close to me and i'm like stop like where are you going like i can't see you like and she's like, it's fine. I'm like, no, it's not. You're pretty and tiny. Like, someone's going to steal you. Like, <laughs> and she's like, here, stop. You know, like, that, that was kind of a, a dynamic that happened between us. I remember that we bought, like, the Fox Emblem tank tops. She bought a red one, and I bought a blue one. So that was a good memory that we had together. It sounds like a fun day, and it definitely, I mean, it's almost like a, like a foreshadow. We obviously don't know what happened but you know you had this sort of dynamic where you're kind of like the mom friend or the mother hen it seemed and, and you just said you know you were afraid someone was going to grab her and and that could be a, a potential outcome to this story and the, the the naivete or the you know the sheltered sort of perspective on the world kind of just assuming the best in people is definitely something that everybody says when you when you ask them about Brie anyone that knew her like they're all going to say that and I mean, I, I feel like I was that way, and, and most teenagers are that way, but it was almost like a, like, it was almost like a step further with her. Yeah, and it's in my heartbreak for her parents, because 
I know, like, their intentions of sheltering her was, you know, to, to like, give her that good, simple life and to keep her safe. And she had a fire in her, no matter what. Like, that fire was going to happen <laughs> as soon as she was unleashed, you know. And, and she just, she was social. She's just a social butterfly, you know. Right. And, and yeah, and of course, none of this um, is, is a criticism to her parents. You know, when we say that she was sheltered, of, co- of course, um, I would never criticize anything that they did. Both of us, you know, have children. We were talking about before we recorded that we both have very rambunctious, strong, willful young girls. So, I mean, everybody is trying to do what's in the best interest of their kid or, you know, all the good people in the world are. And it's um, these, these tragic stories happen and it's not their fault. You know, it's like you said, she had this fire in her and these circumstances altogether kind of created this issue that, that you as a protective friend saw and were, and were concerned about. Um, I did want to say that, you know, Bruce Maitland, Brianna's dad, made the comment that, that you were a true friend. That you are a true friend to Brie. And I just think that's very powerful because even though you weren't, that you weren't really talking close to the disappearance, I mean, that that, that kind of resonated with him the way that you treated it and looked after her. Thank you for telling me that. That means a lot to me. You're welcome. And I, I can see that this, I mean, this, this is very painful to this day. It's like the memories of the particulars fade, but that pain is, that that's, it doesn't just go away. No, it doesn't. No, it, it doesn't at all. I, I'm, triggered by it or about it constantly constantly um it's it's changed my life significantly significantly um I had another another friend who is similar to Bree and her and her personality that when we went to Daytona uh beach for bike week um she would just like pop out of the one bar and go into the next and I like lost it on her <laughs> um you know cause I just freaked out on her I'm like no you need to like let me know if you go into the bathroom or like you know someone's got to know where you are and uh you know I remind people of free as like a cautionary kind of story yeah and I I even have started to mention her to my daughter and I'm I need to be careful about it and do it the right way because um, I want my daughter to be healthily aware of, you know, what the real world is, but I don't, I don't want to like put this awful fear in her, but I have told her that I have a friend that is is gone and we don't know where she is, Um, that not everyone is safe out there. And, and she says, let's go look for her. That's what she said. She said, let's go look for her. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's hard. It's wicked hard. hard. I can't even imagine her parents, her brother. I can't even imagine. Me either. Especially now, you know, seeing it from the perspective as, as a parent and you saw it before and after because, you know, you weren't, you weren't a mother when she went missing and now you are. And at the time, um, were you, still in the area because you you were older so you were 19 when she went missing were you were you still local I think I might have been uh I think I was still 18 actually 
because I graduated when I was 17, and I graduated June 2003, saw her in July, and then she went missing March 2004. So I would have still been 18. I would have turned 18 in July, and yeah, that would have been halfway through my life. Um, but yes, so I had, um, I think maybe right after my birthday, gosh, it must have been like directly after, it might have been days after, um, I had moved to St. Albans and got an apartment, and I was working at Fletcher Allen, which is now um, UVM Medical Center. Yeah, so I was I was traveling back and forth to work, which was 30 miles one way, um, and my boyfriend at the time was in a tattoo internship, so we were kind of hunkering down at home. Do you remember hearing the news? Yep, and I remember thinking, damn it, where is she? Like, you know, just, did she, is she partying somewhere? And, you know, like, just not thinking, not coming, not coming out of the woodwork, you know? That's the first thing I thought, like, the first day or two. And then, and then I was scared. The reaction, I mean, to the grief of, having a missing friend or loved one it, it's so complex and everyone kind of seems to go to a different place right away you felt kind of concerned pretty quickly and in, in fear for Brianna yeah because I I always um I always could see her through other people's eyes you know I kind of always felt like that like um she was stunning I mean she's just oh so beautiful um and she just has like a charisma about her um and I knew that I mean like the guys like flocked about her she was like the prettiest girl around um and she was naive and she was nice and so it was like a perfect blend of um someone that people could take advantage of um or snatch or you know, all those awful things. And so that's what I, I think that's what I went to next is like, oh God, somebody did something. And were you thinking that it was someone she, like, I, I don't know if you were even jumping to any conclusions about who or, or how, but did you think that it was someone that was maybe in her circle right away or that it was someone from outside? Um, the rumor started to flying instantly of course and um um i think like some of the first rumors i heard was that you know that she had overdosed and like someone just you know didn't bring her to the hospital and just handled handled the situation on their own and um i just i mean i i, I definitely thought like she certainly could have overdosed you know being naive and if she was partying with people who party hard or you know obviously that could be a thing I didn't fathom the people around here doing something so awful but my I, I just I didn't know I guess I didn't know what to think um, I couldn't I couldn't imagine any any of the people I know even if they were like really rough around the edges or you know majority of people around here are still moral you know they'll still pick you up and 
if you're stranded and bring you home or, you know, I mean, it's, people aren't nasty around here. There's a lot of crooked people, but even the crooked people, I've said this a thousand times, especially in my career, I know people who are drug addicts or drug dealers or people who have done some some really bad stuff and they're still lovable people. <laughs> like, um, I just have to love them from over here because <laughs> they're still like, they still have good in their heart. They just maybe don't know how to function properly in society, you know? So I just couldn't, I couldn't fathom that someone would do something to her. And then I think my brain kind of went towards like someone took her and maybe couldn't handle like if they had an infatuation with her or something. And I think I just kind of went to like, oh gosh, like somebody, somebody stole her, you know? And then, and then I remember getting really, really mad that, um, you know, when she was, when they, when they had her on the news, they were just talking about how she was, or, or the papers, I don't remember, but everyone was just talking about, oh, well, she was doing drugs, and oh, she was hanging out with the wrong crowd, and that's all everybody talked about, and it just made me so pissed off. I did the same shit. <laughs> I, I could have, you know, done it worse than what she did, to be honest with you. I certainly did it younger, and and I wouldn't have deserved to be gone, you know. Absolutely not. And I know that that focus really bothered her parents, too. And it, it, it would bother anybody because that's that's not who she was. That's something that she was facing, potentially. That's something that she was suffering from, potentially. But it's not that's not her. Um, is there anything else that, that you think people have gotten wrong about her? I just think that she was a kid, you know, she was a teenager. And and it just pisses me off so much that that people focused on that because 99% of the people around here did the same damn thing because we just would rebel once we get that chance, you know? And some of us walked away unscathed by it and out of shit luck or whatever, she didn't. And it and it's just so disgusting that those things would even be brought up. I mean, it really, it doesn't, yeah, it has something to do with who she was around, but like, let's, let's let the investigators worry about that. Like, let's, you know, just the fact that people focused on that is so disgusting. Definitely, it wasn't her fault, and um, and and I'm and I am mad about um, you know, the police's reaction to it. They they we missed the timing of of finding more than what we did, and you know, just kind of blowing it off. And um, and I just I don't know. She's she was uh, she's. She is, I'm not going to say what, she is an amazing girl, and um, I just, I, I still have hope that I'll maybe get to see her someday.